CastBox, Anchor CastBox. And there you go. Amen and amen. I think we're good. Volume-wise, I think it's set okay. Uh, right. Making double checks or double, what do you call that stuff? Double checking? <laughs> Just in case. Okay. So, all right. There you go. Uh, a little bit to cover here, friends. So, uh, again, let's go ahead and bring up that mic. And I think it's the base of uh, the mic where it's setting at is not, uh, it's breaking. So, uh, we'll get another one. We'll make adjustments. Anyway. All right. So, that is going. And uh, like I said, I'm going to pull that up. We've got a backup going, so let's roll that one. And then we're going to get right into it, my friends. Boy, like I said, I'm, I know the enemy was going to attack this broadcast uh, as much as he can or could or thought he could, but he won't because he can't. I'm not giving him that authority, uh, friends. So, all right, so Twitch TV, hold your thoughts, hold your comments. We're in church, almost 10, Started tried to start this at 9.30, uh, but like I said, I had some some attacks. What's new, right? Come on, grab your coffee, grab your Bibles, your pens, papers, notebook, tablets, highlighters for your highlighters. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's get into it, friends. Uh, a heavy duty word for the church tonight, my friends. That's why I had to go on again. Uh, I usually don't do it on the weekends, but this was important and I wanted to bring this up again, share it with you. Now, some of my notes aren't done, but that's okay. We're going to kind of ride along with this together. Uh, Franz, good to see you again, Pastor Rick. We'll Live Ministry Podcast Network. Changed the name, not much, just uh, added the network part in there because you all know where, where I'm at, and it's, you know, we're here. So let's get to it. Amen. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now as I know that your hand is on this podcast. It's on the message. It's on the word that you showed me to share. So thank you for that, Father God. It's amazing what you give me. I don't hear from you all the time, but when I do, it, it's an impact. And that's what I want to do here. So thank you, Father God, for that, uh, for putting me on this mission, for calling me to this mission. I want to pray for family, friends, everybody watching, everybody hearing, everybody uh, that tunes in to the broadcast. Thank you for them. I want to uh, just lift them up, uh, encourage them, uh, as you always do. Surround your angels around them, watch over them, protect them, guide them in their walk with you, and as they're you know as they just go about their uh, daily business here. So, thank you for that in advance. Uh, thank you for uh, the uh, you know for watching over the uh, Wi-Fi, the power, uh, the studio here. It is your church. This is your place, Father God, that we've made for you, that I've made for you, uh, to do your work, uh, and uh, I just thank you for that. It's amazing. So, Father God, as I share this word, let it touch somebody's heart. Uh, let it uh, reach, uh, reach them. Uh, give them something to think about. You know, that's what you have called me to do, is just teach the word. Thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, as I go on this broadcast, uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. 
All right, my friends. Already feel the impact of this broadcast, friends. Get a little emotional, get a little teary-eyed, I guess. You know, I can't help it. Uh, just so much. So much, my friends. It is amazing. Well, we better get some coffee and, and make sure you have a couple extras because this is going to be a, a pretty powerful podcast here. As I try to always share here, so I got my backup for my backup and a backup for the backup. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever that is, friends. You are here. Good to see you. I appreciate you. And let's see. You know, I think I'm going to have to go back to the boom arm uh, because this or the, uh, the you know the the regular mic stand, the boom arm mic stand that I had. Uh, because I've had so many issues with this thing, I'm not giving up yet. You know, I'm not. Gonna, it's not ready to go out, throw out yet. Uh, so, not not ready yet. So, anyway, let me go ahead and double check a couple of things here before we even get rolling. Uh, amen. And uh, we'll see what happens. Thanks for being so patient with me, my friend. All right, there it is. So yeah, we're live. Hey, you guys can check out Restream if you are not. Well, we are on Restream and YouTube and all those channels. But if you happen to have the Blog Talk, Blog Talk Radio too, but Spreaker, that's where I was at. Uh, iHeartRadio, uh, friends, I am live right now. iHeartRadio, Google all those channels, you know where we're at. So, anyway, let's get empowered by the Word of God, my friends. Sunday night church here. Uh, back again, just couldn't, uh, couldn't keep this to myself. I had to share it with you. So let's go first. Friends, we're going to go uh, take a look at the Old Testament Illustrated. Uh, really cool stuff here, friends. Let's go ahead and do that right now. Now, out of God's measureless love flows a plan to bring sinful man to forgiving uh, fellowship with himself. Now, this design of God was born of infinite concern, brothers and sisters. And nourished in uh, providential care. Right? Amen. Now, our first parents, Adam and Eve, decided as we do uh, to live their lives away from the will of God, tempted by Satan, they yielded, or yielded, now watch this, they yielded uh, to sin. And lost their eternal birthright. Now we've heard birthright mentioned before. So watch that. So they yielded to sin. And uh, lost their eternal birthright. Alright, so uh, let's check this out. So when sin invaded the human race, God's plan to redeem man was set in motion. So it was already kicked into gear here, friends, as we are reading the Old Testament illustrated. So, let's uh, continue. So when sin invaded the human race, God's plan to redeem man was set in motion. The Old Testament shows varied examples of God in his holiness seeking uh, sinful man, right? All right. 
Now, God first acted through uh, Abraham's seed. Israel is his chosen people. And they were the custodians of his word and redemption from his people. The Messiah was born. Or from this people, the Messiah was born. Let me clarify that. Now, the Old Testament is not, real, or not always an encouraging story. It tells the rebellion of God's people. It shows again, or shows open, willful sin in the face of uh, a long-suffering God, friends. But the Old Testament is salvation in process. Powerful, overwhelming right there. Uh, man, that was just, uh, again, random here uh, as I was just reading this. But the Old Testament, let's see, let's backtrack here as I'm trying to adjust my headset again. Uh, okay, so, God first acted through Abraham's seed. Israel is his chosen people. And there were the custodians, as we are the custodians of his word uh, and redemption from the people, from this people, uh, the Messiah was born. Now, the Old Testament is not always an encouraging uh, story. It tells the uh, tells of the rebellion of God's people. It shows open, willful sin in the face of a long-suffering God. Now, that got me right there. A long-suffering God. But the Old Testament is salvation in progress. Or process. There it is. So, salvation and process. Now, God worked through Israel's deceit and adultery. He guided his chastise. Uh, he chastised. As it says, he guided, he chastised, and he forgave. In God's patience, we see the hope of a fallen world, right? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and Joseph all stand as reeds in the wind of temptation, uh, empowered by God's truth. He gradually moved God's nation and purpose forward. The Old Testament is as human as sin and as divine as unconditional love, that agape love, friends. All right. Uh, <laughs> going to sneeze again. All right. So, empowered by God's truth, he gradually moved God's nation and purpose forward. The Old Testament is as human as sin, and it is a divine as unconditional love. The thread which runs through Genesis to Malachi is clearly seen by the believing eye. It is Christ, the Messiah. It is a weary road from Eden to Bethlehem. Nevertheless, it, uh, in traveling this road, salvation in process become or became salvation realized. Now, let me go back over this again. It was a weary road from Eden to Bethlehem. Nevertheless, in travailing or traveling the, word of the road, or this road, salvation in process became salvation realized. Amen. To make the Old Testament live for the reader, for, for you guys, for me as well. Not just for you guys, but for me as well. I, I take everything in here. Uh, the publishers 
with the you know here uh, have spared uh, neither time nor effort to reproduce as it says these are the kind of the technical parts behind his so I'm going to read this anyway um, reproduce these magical paintings and there's some paintings and drawing. I have a King James, um, the you know the bigger version of it here. So there's some paintings and pictures and stuff throughout. So I won't bore you with that, uh, friends. So there you go. So and, and it shows that we can actually uh, kind of live through uh, the information and stuff. We can live that journey. So there you go. A little bit of information beforehand. Uh, and this comes right in the book of Joshua. So, pretty awesome stuff uh, for sure. So that is our opening, uh, the Old Testament realized. And that is awesome. So, all right, let's get to the next one, my friends. Hey, man, boy, like I said, I have, oh, I have so much to cover, uh, friends. It'll probably be a new, another two-hour broadcast here. Uh, I, and I hope you are awake and ready again. I wanted to share this with you guys. Uh, amen. So, yeah, we're going to, why don't we go right into our podcast notes here, friends. Uh, why don't we go straight to Ephesians 6.10 through 20. You know what that is, the armor of God. Let's go ahead and grab some armor, put some armor on here uh, in the book of a second or not a second. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, I think that's what we want to go ahead and do. Grab some copy here. Amen. Alright, so I think everything's straight. Good? We're good to go. Good to see you guys. Alright, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, Armor of God. Let's go ahead and read that together, you guys. Let's go ahead and share that. Alright, now finally, my brethren and sisters... Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done uh, all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked because he's throwing cannons at his friends or cannonballs or something like that but he's he's mad, you know, but we have the authority, friends, by the blood of Christ. Amen. First Peter 5.5, 5, for your adversary, the devil, uh, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Don't that devil know who he's messing with, friends? I posted that on the other night there. Uh, has the devil forgot who he's dealing with? I think so. You know, he's, he's trying to do that, and we, we're not going to let him do that, so don't let him. <laughs> Amen. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, powerful, friends, powerful Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance, supplication, 
for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, uh, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen? All right, let's go to our notes. And again, thank you guys for joining me live. You know where you're at. You're on the network. <laughs> I just kind of changed that over, added that to it. Um, yeah. Let's get, uh, let's keep going. Feeling much better. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, you know, like I said last or early morning's broadcast, uh, I still, I'm still having some headaches. Uh, I'm having some surges in my face still. But, uh, you know, I'm well enough to get back on track, well enough to, to keep going and keep pushing these, you know, do, do the podcast. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm feeling okay. I, I'm feeling, well, a lot better than okay, but I'm feeling much better. Uh, and uh, other than a few little minor, you know, minor things going on. But um, my God is a healer, a provider, uh, are my everything, right? Amen. So I gotta walk by faith, not by sight. That grain of faith of a grain of a mustard seed, uh, friends, and by His grace, uh, mercy and love, right? Amen. <laughs> and by His stripes, I be healed. Amen. All day, every day. Amen. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's get going. Uh, serenity prayer, friends. Let's go ahead and pull that up. We'll read that together here. Uh, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Uh, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, and accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is. Uh, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, and I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and the next. And you know we talk about Revelation uh, on that one, Franz, uh, as he says, I saw a new heaven. There you go. We're going to get into that. I I'm going to go backtrack just a little bit. We're going to go into like uh, 20 to 22, so... Got a lot of good scriptures for you, friends. Hope you look them up. Hope you study it. Get a chance to uh, take a look at them. Uh, yeah. So let's keep going. Lord's Prayer. Uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Church, you know what time it is. So let's let's say it. <laughs> for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. And we got to get a big amen on that one. Come on now. All right, friends, you know where we're going next. Let's go, go ahead and go into uh, our Sinner's Prayer of Salvation. Get a hold of me. Don't be shy. Come on now. Uh, Worldwide Live Ministry Podcast, yahoo.com. Still, our email or the email uh, ministry podcast uh, uh, contact. There you go. All right. Well, good to see you guys. Always, always good to see you. 
friends, and I do want to thank the new subscribers on YouTube. Boy, that's awesome getting up there. But, you know, hey, I'm going to keep preaching this word. I'm going to keep sharing this message, uh, friends. So I do, but I do appreciate you. I do, you know, acknowledge everybody on all the channels. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. And always humbled. Uh, always humbled uh, to be called into this ministry, this, this mission. Amen. So thank you, guys. I want to thank you, my friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, dear God, I know that I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I want to turn away from my sinful life to the life, church, you have, as he says, to the life you have planned for me. Please forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me of my past. Make me new. And I know your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for me. Man. All right. Uh, I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And at this very moment, friends, make this commitment here. I accept, confess, and proclaim Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior to live in my heart from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace that has saved me from my sins and has given me eternal life. Uh, please send your Holy Spirit to guide me and to help me to do your will for the rest of my life. And church, in Jesus' precious name, the blood that was spilled for us, uh, amen, you guys, thanks for jumping on here. And in Jesus' name, we pray, amen. All right, so, there you go. Uh, good scripture, uh, well, scripture, but uh, the Sinner's Prayer of Salvation, thank you, thank you, gang. Thank you guys again for that. All right. We're digging in, friends. It's time. Uh, now, I was going to wait on this for a while because I had so many other uh, scriptures to do. But I thought we should take a look at this as I felt, uh, again, I don't hear from the Spirit all the time. But when I do, uh, it's it, it's huge. And it's, it's sudden. So, we're going to go back in. The 400 years of silence, the intertestamental period, in between the Old and New uh, Testament. Now, I will start this tonight. This will be the intro notes, uh, and there we're going to start the first part of it. Uh, but uh, I'm going to break this down. Now, if I have to do two weeks of this, that's fine, because I want to go over it again slow, and... Uh, I want to give you every detail that is on this because when I when I started before I didn't really understand I didn't get it I backed away from it for a few years now so I want to bring this up I want to start the series again uh, because as we've all seen we are definitely in the end times and so as the signs continue earthquakes all the weather changes all that stuff. Uh, friends, we want to uh, we want to look at this, right? As we see again, but remember, we have the authority. We have our provider, our healer, our everything. We have Jehovah Jireh, my friend. So, uh, uh, thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, a lot to it. So let's just start the first part again uh, between the testaments, between the old and new testaments. Uh, in the, uh, they called it the intertestamental period. 
write these notes down. So write this down, my friends, uh, if you get a chance to. Uh, amen. In between, and I think this is very, very, like, just what we're going through. So very similar here. So uh, amen. So thank you guys again. So the, what we're going to do is we're going to, I'll go ahead and read this, and I will break this down. Uh, it's in my King James Version here. So, in a testamental period, the New uh, Testaments, uh, New and Old Testament, or Old and New Testaments, uh, Part 1, right? Or Part A. I don't know. We'll call it Part 1 for, you know, for writing it down. So, in between the Testaments, this is what's going on here. Now, the 400 years, 400 years of silence... Right, 400 years, uh, and and if I said 300, I didn't, not the, it's a 400, so I, <laughs> man, I get so excited about some of this stuff, I forget what I'm writing down here, uh, <laughs> I might have to do some corrections here, uh, nope, I did it, okay, so I'm okay there, alright, so the 400 years of silence, so the 400 years between the prophecy of Malachi and the advent of Christ are for, uh, frequently described as silence. But they were fact-crowded with activity. Although no inspired prophet arose in Israel during uh, those centuries, and the Old Testament was regarded as complete... Events took place which gave no uh, gave to later Judaism uh, its distinctive ideology and uh, providentially prepared the way for the coming of Christ and the proclamation of his gospel. All right. So first one, the Persian period. And again, friends, we're talking about in between the new, uh, Old and New Testaments here. All right. So, the Jews fared well under Persian rule. Cyrus had given them permission to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. And although they met opposition uh, from the inhabitants of Palestine... It was dedicated during the reign of Darius the Great. Now, there's your first key uh, as we are talking about the Persian period, friends. So, uh, amen. So, uh, let me keep going here. So, we're talking about Darius the Great. Uh, now, Ezra the scribe and Nehemiah the layman sought to strengthen the Palestinian Jewish community, which is key now, right, which we're seeing here. Uh, I don't want to turn that up too loud. All right. Uh, amen. Very important stuff here. So, again, let me go backtrack just a little bit. Now, Ezra the scribe and Nehemiah, the layman, sought to strengthen the Palestinian Jewish community and encourage the loyalty to the law of God. For about a century and a half after Nehemiah's time in Persian Empire, or in the Persian Empire, exercised control over Judea, and the Jews were permitted to observe their religious 
institutions without interference. Now, Judea was ruled by a high priest who were responsible to the Persian government. Uh, in fact, which issued or ensured the Jews a large measure of autonomy. And at that time, at the same time, however, it made a political office of the priesthood and sowed the seeds of future trouble. Right? Come on now. Um, all right. Now, contests for the office of high priest were marked by jealousy, intrigue, and even murder. Johanan, son of uh, Joyada, as he says, J-O-I-A-D-A, -A, Joyada, I believe. Uh, Nehemiah 12.22 uh, talks about that, uh, friends. So there you go. So Nehemiah 12.22 uh, is reported to have slain his brother Joshua within the temple precincts. Uh, amen. All right. Now, Johanan was uh, succeeded as high priest by his brother uh, Jedua, or is that right? Jed Jedua, uh, whose brother Manasseh, uh, according to jo <laughs> Josephus, right, uh, married the daughter of Sanballat, government or governor of Samaria. Now, it was at this time that a Samaritan temple was built in Mount Gerizim, which, rather than Zion, uh, was regarded as sacred by the Samaritan community. And that's going to come up, too, as well, uh, these with the names and the notes and stuff. So, um, the sanctuary on Mount uh, Gerizim was destroyed by the Hasmonean ruler, John uh, Hyrcanus, which is uh, about 134 to 104 B.C. I'm going to give you a lot of dates, a lot of stuff going on with this. All right, so, but the mount itself continued, or continues to this day, to be regarded as sacred by the Samaritans. The woman of Samaria, now here's the key right here on this one, the woman of Samaria wished to dispute with Jesus concerning the merits of the rival holy places. But the Savior chose uh, to emphasize the spiritual attitude of the worshiper rather than the place of worship. And that is uh, going to be John 4.20. We know that story there. So John 4.20. Now the Sambalate of Josephus cannot have, uh, see, cannot have been the same individual as the man of the same mentioned by uh, Nehemiah in, in Nehemiah chapter four, verse one. There, friends. So, all right. Josephus does, however, appear to reflect a valid tradition for a temple. Uh, seems definitely to have all or have been built on uh, Mount Gerizim. So there you go. Uh, about this time. Now Persia's failure to conquer Greece 
uh, encouraged subject peoples to seek their independence. And Egypt will come into a big play in this too. Uh, was constantly attempting to throw off the Persian yoke and Judah. Now, geographically, between the two powers could not escape involvement. During the reign of Artaxias III, or Ochias, or Ochus, many Jews were implicated in a revolt against Persia, but when it failed... Right? Uh, the Persians, let me get my notes together here. Uh, the Persians, right, uh, deported them to Babylonia and the southern shores of the Caspian Sea. Now, Jews had long been in Egypt following the murder of Gedaliah, the prophet. And again, notes. So, uh, again, Elias. So the prophet Jeremiah was forced to join a group of refugees who sought asylum at uh, Tephanus, I believe that's what it is, in the eastern delta. That's um, Jeremiah 43, uh, 4, 13 on that one. All right, and other Judeans... Uh, doubtless found their way to Egypt to avoid capture by Nebuchadnezzar. Migration continued uh, during the Persian period. And by the 5th century before Christ, uh, a Jewish colony of mercenary soldiers were located. Now, you see the similarities that I'm talking about in this part of your friends? You, you see the connections here? It's, it's really relevant, uh, friends. So watch this. So the other uh, Judeans doubtless found their way to Egypt to avoid capture by Nebuchadnezzar. Migration continued during the Persian period. And by the 5th century before Christ, a, uh, before Christ, a Jewish colony of mercenary soldiers was located at Elephantine Island neck or near modern Aswan at the first cataract of the Nile century to the Mosaic law and that's going to come into play too now these colonists built a, a, a temple for themselves and they combined their devotion to God and their fathers with pagan elements the Elephantine Jews had correspondence with the Samaritans as well as the Judeans. And again, this is all out of the King James. Uh, so, all right. So let's go to the next part here. Now, <clears throat> we may do just 35 minutes or 40 minutes here uh, on this. And then I've got some other scriptures I want to read and share with you. Uh, and we'll just break this down. Uh, I, I've scheduled a podcast at 3.30 uh, tomorrow afternoon, so I'll kind of have to play it by ear and see what happens. Um, but uh, I definitely want to at least start on this. Uh, this is going to be part one. So, uh, thank you guys for jumping online with me here.
All right, so the second part here, Alexander the Great, right? Alexander the Great. Now, Persia never succeeded in subduing the Greeks, but an heir of Greek culture, Alexander of Macedon, Macedon, something like that, there you go, uh, eventually brought to an end the Persian Empire. Alexander was not simply a power-mad despot, a pupil of the philosopher Aristotle. He was thoroughly convinced that Greek culture uh, was the one force that could unify the world. Uh, yeah, you know what that is, uh, friends. I believe they call they were calling that the New World Order, as we plainly see right now. All right. So, he was thoroughly convinced that Greek culture was the one force that could unify the world. And in 33, uh, 333 B.C., he passed from Macedonia into Asia Minor and de uh, defeated the Persian army stationed there. Now, he moved southward through Syria and Palestine to Egypt, Tyre, and Gaza. Each offered uh, stubborn resistance, but delays did not discourage Alexander. Uh, the, uh, let's see, they simply strengthened its deter his determination to win. And there was no need for a campaign against the Jews. Uh, all right. Uh, and indeed, legend makes Alexander a friend of the Jewish people. Now, let's see. Uh, Jadua, the high priest, is said to have come out to meet Alexander, telling him of Daniel's prophecy that the Greek army would be victorious and that is over in Daniel chapter 8, friends. Uh, amen. Although historians do not take the story seriously, it does illustrate the friendly feelings between the Jews and the Macedonian conqueror. Alexander permitted the Jews to observe their laws, granted them exemption from tribute uh, during sabbatical years, and... When he built Alexandria in Egypt, and, and that was uh, 330, or 331 B.C. All right. Now, he encouraged Jews to settle there and gave them privileges uh, comparable to those of his Greek subjects. Now, Alexander was welcomed into Egypt as a deliverer from Persian oppression. His victorious armies reacted their steps, or retraced their steps, uh, through Palestine and Syria. Then, moved eastward, the cities of Babylon and Persia fell to Alexander, and he pressed on as far as the Punjab region uh, of India. Now, although mighty in battle, it was a uh, Hellenistic culture. There you go. Hellenistic culture on that one. Rather than Macedonian rule. 
that was Alexander's legacy in the Middle East. Now he determined to find a new city in each country of his empire which would serve as a model for the uh, reordering of the life of the country as a whole on Greek lines. Materially speaking, this meant the erection of fine public buildings, a gymnasium for games, an open-air theater, and whatever would approximate uh, the life of a Greek city-state individuals uh, of, of a Greek. Okay, so city-state individuals were encouraged to take Greek names, adopt Greek dress, and the Greek language. So, in short, to become Hellenized. All right. Uh, yep. So, the material aspects of Hellenism must have seemed attractive to look for the large segments of the population. Trade and commerce brought wealth to the new merchant class. Uh, uh, let's see. Libertaries and schools were welcomed to the, by the scholar. Better housing and better food brought out a rise in the standard of living. Many in Israel, as elsewhere, were glad to accept this uh, veneer of Greek culture. Uh, if idolatry had been the stumbling block to Israel in the pre-exilic uh, period, Hellenism was the great post-exilic temptation. A third century B.C. writer observed, now in recent times under the foreign rule of the Persians and then of the Macedonians, by whom... Uh, as this is continued notes here, let me write that down. Okay. Uh, and the Persian Empire was overthrown. Um, let's see, intercourse with other uh, traces, as it says. Not my words here, I'm just reading. Uh, with other races um, has led to many of the traditional Jewish ordinances, ordinances, not triple, ordinances, there it is, uh, <laughs> man, uh, losing their hold. Many Jews took Greek names, accepted a school of Greek philosophy, and tried to combine the wisdom of Greece with the faith of their fathers. Others resisted Hellenism, uh, and became more and more engrossed in the study of their Torah, or their law. Now, at the age of 33, Alexander died in Babylon. For a number of years, the future of the Near East was uncertain. But the generals succeeded in dividing uh, the empire among themselves and the tide of Hellenism, uh, there it is, uh, increased while the Ptolemies of Egypt and the Seleucids of Syria 
fought among themselves for land and power. Now, the way in complete agreement, or they were in complete agreement concerning uh, their social and culture mission. The historian W.W. Tarn says that Alexandria, or Alexander, was so changed the world that nothing after him could be as it was before. So that's just the first couple of parts here, friends. The 400 years of silence, the intertestamental period. Uh, and that covers the beginning, the Persian period. And then we went to, uh, where is it going here? So that is, went to, uh, let's see, that's got there. Uh, and, then, and, of course, let me get some notes together here, friends. Give me a minute. Um, so... And I'll go ahead and, and work on this later. But, man, this is really something else here, friends. So, let's, uh, let's see. We're going to go. Let's see. That's four. I want to make sure I got all this down here first. So, we will, I'm going to just read, uh, friends, because I do want to give you some other scriptures here, too. Uh, why don't we go ahead and go to the next one, uh, the Ptolemies, uh, P-T-O-L-E-M-I-E-S. Uh, and now, again, this is also written, or was, is written in the Orthodox Study Bible. Uh, some, uh, it cover, it's covered in other uh, versions. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and just read this. Uh, friends, again, the first part of the 400 Years of Silence series, uh, I will be looking at this throughout all the next uh, uh, several broadcasts, the uh, next podcast here. Uh, I, just felt, I just felt so much in the spirit that uh, I, I wanted to share this with you guys. So, the Ptolemies, that's what we're talking about right now here, friends. Uh, following the death of Alexander... Judas was first, and it's right in the corner of my Bible here, uh, the first subject to Antigonus. Now, one of his generals. But it quickly fell to another general, uh, Ptolemy I, surnamed Sodor, deliverer, who seized Jerusalem on a Sabbath day, uh, and that would be in 320 B.C. Now, Ptolemy, let's see, Ptolemy, whose kingdom centered, centered in Egypt, dealt kindly with the Jews. Many of them settled in Alexandria, which uh, continued to be an important center of Jewish thoughts for as many uh, centuries. Now, under Ptolemy II, Philadelphia, uh, the Alexandrian Jews translated their law, i.e. the Pentateuch, which we will talk about again. Uh, very interesting here. The Pentateuch, uh, trying to hang on to my Bible. Turn the page up here. 
the Alexandrian Jews translated their law, again, the Pentateuch, into Greek. Uh, now, this translation was later known as the Septuagint, again, which we'll bring up uh, uh, in the next uh, set of scriptures here, or, you know, the next uh, series here. So, you got the Pentateuch, and you got the Septuagint. So, that's the origin of where this comes from. That would be the Ptolemies. Uh, we're talking about Ptolemy one here. So, uh, into Greek. Now, this translation was later known as the Septuagint. From the tra This translation was later known, uh, the Septuagint, from... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My notes. Uh, the let's see. I can't even read that. Um, from the legend of seventy, more correctly seventy-two, six from each of the twelve tribes. Now there's your origin of the Septuagint. All right. Now more correctly, as he says, more correctly seventy-two. Six from each of the twelve tribes who were sent from Judea to produce the Greek translation of the Hebrew law. There you go. All right, now the Jews in Palestine enjoyed a period of uh, progress. All right, let's see. Period of prosperity during. Uh, Ptolemic times. A little bit of theology here. Now, tribute was paid to the governor in our government in Egypt, but local affairs were administered by high priests who had been responsible for governing their people since Persian times. The great or the greatest figure among the Jews of the Ptolemic period was Simon the Just, friends. Simon the Just. All right, now the high priest who, um, let's see, the high priest who is the subject of the highest praise in the uh, apocryphal book of Ecclesiastes, which calls him great among his uh, brethren and the glory of his people. Now, he is credited with rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, which has been, uh, or has been demolished in Ptolemy one, and is said to have repaired the temple and directed the excavation uh, of a great reservoir to provide fresh water to Jerusalem in times of drought and of siege, or in siege. Right. Now, in addition to his reputation as high priest, Simon is also regarded as one of the great teachers of ancient Judaism. His favorite maxim was, the world rests on these things, on the law, on divine service, and on charity. All right, and that is Perkei Abloth, 
1 and 2. Now, the identity of Simon just poses a hysterical, historical, historical, not hysterical. Uh, amen. Uh, let's see. A problem, however, a high priest known as Simon 1 lived during the middle of the 3rd century. And Simon 2 lived about 200 B.C. And one of these doubtless is doubtless uh, Simon the Just of Jewish tradition and legend. Lot to, lot to look at here, friends. So during Ptolemaic times, the priestly families of Anias and Tobias became bitter rivals. The house of Tobias was pre-Egyptian and presented the wealthy class of Jerusalem society. Though it may have been related to, to Tobiah the Ammonite in Nehemiah chapter 2, 10 for that one, 4, 3, and 7, and let me, oh no, 4, 3, and then 7, 16, nope, that, that was right, I put that, I put that marker wrong, so, uh, that is 4, and then, uh, where is it at here, let me get my highlighter here and fix this, um, let me go ahead and correct this right here, alright, so, it was Nehemiah chapter 2, 10, and then chapter 4, 3 and verse 7. That one. So uh, let me take care of that. Alright. Um, now, the house of Tobias was um, pro Egyptian and represented the wealthy class of Jerusalem, uh, a society there. Now, it may have been related to Tobiah the Ammonite, and again in Nehemiah 210, 4 3, 7. And 16.119, who gave as much trouble to Nehemiah, Papatrus, uh, from the time of Ptolemy II, um, man, speaks of a Jewish named Tobias, who was a cavalry commander in pre-Ptolemic army stationed in or at Ammonitis, east of the Jordan, archaeologists have discovered a, ma a mausoleum from the 3rd century B.C. at Iraq el-Imar in central Jordan with the name Tobiah. The Tobias, uh, let's see, Tobias as thought to have been tax collectors occupying the same function as the New Testament uh, publicans, which would become very, uh, it's a, like I said, there's a lot of connections here. Uh, amen. So, uh, as we continue, now Josephus states the, or that, Aeneas uh, II refused to pay Ptolemy for 20 talents of silver, which was evidently the tribute um, to 
Where'd he go? Um, let's see. Tribute demanded of the high priest. Now, by refusing payment, Anias seems to have renounced allegiance to Ptolemy. Now, Joseph, a, a member of the house of Tobias, then succeeded in having himself appointed tax farmer for the whole of Palestine. The tax farmer had to go to Alexandria each year to bid for the renewal of the license to gather taxes. All right. Now, Joseph held this influential post for 20 years under the Ptolemies and after the victory of Anti Antiochus III under the Seleucids. I told you this was deep, friends. There's a lot, uh, a lot of stuff to it. All right, so I'm going to stop there. Uh, I do want to get as we get in our hour here. Um, let's see. And All right, so give me a minute here, friends. We're going to stop right here. And uh, we'll continue that next. So, next, uh, we're going to talk about the Seleucids, friends. So, you got to come on back and check this out. Uh, Elin. All right. Write your notes down here. So, we, I'm going to stop right there. Uh, like I said, this is just the beginning intro stuff here, and uh, so I don't want to go, you know, really like too far on it, uh, friends. I know that's a lot to unpack. There is so much in this study. This this actual study has taken me probably close to eight years to go through, and then I go back and I retrack everything and I kind of retest it and got oh man, this is what it is. Uh, and, and like I said, I researched it through uh, about six or seven different Bible versions. So it, it ranges all the way from, um, you know, King James Orthodox Study Bible, the, the Catholic version of it. The, there's some other stuff in there. Uh, even the Torah mentions some of this activity. I'm telling you, and this is deep, friends. There, imagine, like I talked about before, a and, and and again the connections. There are some of us, you know, that's. I mean, I I don't even know where to start on this, but there's so many out there that haven't heard the word of God. And and to imagine, four hundred years of silence, is just. I can't imagine. I pick up the Bible every day, 8, 12 hours, or whatever it is, uh, just reading and studying the Word. And I'm blown away. I'm still uh, not where I want to be, but I know where God's taking me to. I know where God's leading me. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm amazed. I'm just absolutely blown away uh, on this. So... Uh, we're <laughs> we're gonna stop right there uh, because um, man, uh, it's just so much. Uh, and I do, like I said, I do have a lot of other scriptures 
uh, I want to uh, take a look at.